0: The sun sets you free. You are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your
1: host, Mike Hansen.
0: All right, welcome to episode 20 of the Free Indeed Podcast. I can't believe this is episode 20 already. I've been going for a number of months now, and One of my goals for 2018, at least the first three quarters of 2018, was to get 20 episodes recorded. I have no idea when this episode will actually be published and put out there for the world, um, but eventually it will be. And I am your host, Mike Hansen. I actually have a very special guest, not uh, Kirk Samuels this time. Kirk is very special in himself. He knows that, and I know that, and we all know that. But I have someone who's even closer and, and nearer and dearer to my heart than even Kirk, We've called each other soulmates and good buds and everything. Soulmates. Yep. I don't remember that one. So that voice you're hearing, though, is someone who I've known a lot longer than Kirk, and that is my son, Brandon. Brandon D. Hanson, who is in the room with me.
1: Introduce yourself, Brandon. You kind of just did that for me, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, You even did my middle initial. That's right. What's the middle initial mean? What's it for? Well, middle initials usually indicate a middle name. What's the name? Someone. Oh, what's my middle name? Yes. It's Brandon. No, that's (laughs) That's not your first
0: name. (laughs) It's Dever. That's right. Named after mom's grandfather. Right? I like that name. So, uh, the reason why I asked if Brandon could uh, come on to the podcast, and he agreed to, was. Uh, partly because the Rockies just won their last game of the season about an hour and a half ago. I'm just kidding. Actually, that really happened, but we're pretty excited about it. We're in a good frame of mind to have this conversation. We already um, agreed to do this earlier in the day, though, before the Rockies even played the game. And um, the reason why this is important to me is because um, I wanted to have a conversation with you, Brandon, about um, you know the teenager and what it's like to be a teenager in this modern day and age with the access you have to, uh, broadband internet. Uh, you don't ever know. I mean, you might remember your days before you ever had a phone, but your first smartphone had access, broadband access. Any smartphone in your teenage years has had broadband internet access. And we're at free indeed about trying to help guys find freedom from broadband internet pornography. And so we've already discussed this. We said a little prayer before we got started, and um, this is something you're agreeing to, to talk about. And it's not like you haven't talked publicly about this before either. You've been through the class almost as much as I have, uh, Kirk's class, um, and it was probably the s- second or third one that he did that you sat in there with me. It was the second one. Yeah. And so I don't know if you heard that. He was pretty quiet on that one. Sorry. But, it was the second one. <laughs> there we go. I'm trying to coach him to hold the mic or have the mic close to his his mouth there. So it's all right. I can always adjust volumes later. But so, hey, Brandon, I want to just tell me about your experience as a teenager um, with access to uh, broadband internet. Was that always a temptation from the time you started having that kind of access? And I'm going to probably admit some of my own faults as a dad. I probably um, didn't restrict access like I could have or should have so right up front I'm going to start that there but I want to just see you know where where does that come from for you and and tell me about that for you if there's been an experience with it for you um, maybe share some of how did that emerge for you as a temptation I know I threw a lot at you where do you want to start Uh,
1: well I remember I think it was in fourth no, fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. Um, I, My friend Sam, I remember us discreetly, we were out on the soccer field at the old school, and um, I don't know how the topic even came up, but somehow he mentioned that his dad, or they were watching a movie with his family, and there was like a naked scene or whatever. And he was, like, bragging about, oh, I'm so cool. I saw a naked girl. He was bragging about it? Kind of, yeah. Um, and I guess that's when it first set in to my mind. I was like, oh, I've never seen one before. I don't know what that is like. And I guess that's when it, like, started as a temptation. I don't think I've ever told you that, have I? No, you actually haven't, no. Uh, I think that's when it first was...
0: Um. Was it more of a curiosity then? It was like, I yeah. wonder what that's like.
1: Yeah. And, and this then, is
0: fifth grade, so that would make you somewhere like, like 11 years old ish. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was about, I mean, I was younger than that when I first got exposed to pornography. I know I've told you this, and I think I've told our podcast audience this. I was about eight years old when I first saw pornography um, in magazine form. So you were 11-ish, fifth grade, and um, you thought your your friend was kind of cool, or he said he was cool anyway. Yeah, I guess he was bragging about it. So how long between that time, you'd say, and the time you actually had the opportunity to see it? I don't know. It was a while ago. Um, a while in between that, but it was just something no, I mean, that was there?
1: It was a while ago from now, so I can't remember exactly when it okay. was you were at least but I was in my in my room with that first android phone remember you gave me and that's when I like first looked it up but okay
0: did was there a I don't want you You don't need to go deep into all this but was there a, this, this how did it feel the first time you saw it was it exciting was it something that just um,
1: it was weird it was weird it was definitely weird because I I didn't know any of the anatomy of a woman I was like oh that's different because obviously I knew my own just by looking down right (laughs) Uh, I didn't it was weird to me and I mean it still is girls are weird yes girls girls they're nice yeah (laughs) girls are good
0: girls are weird guys are weird and we're all weird together so um, as we've as we've talked about it and you know some of the reasons why um, it's it becomes something of a not just temptation, but um, a reason for it to be something that's exciting. I mean, if you had to compare how it felt with, it, besides weird, I mean, th- did it ever happen where you had friends that wanted to either show you or talk about it, or that that you knew that was they were involved with it as well?
1: Well, we've never really like shared it like with each other. We just sort of talk about it sometimes. Okay. I mean, even still a day, some people do, but... Right. For the most part, it's like a private thing. Yeah, does. as you know, that's one of the
0: reasons why it's such a powerful drug is because it's something that's done in private. Mm-hmm. You know, Kurt... Untraceable. Yeah. Well, untraceable, Almost. if you look at someone, you can't see the symptoms if you look at someone. Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's becomes so you cycle around on it because it is private and you don't want to tell people about it. And one of the things that Kirk and I talked about not long ago was in another episode was, um, how, while it's private, some of the culture in school today. Now I will say to the audience that my son, we uh, didn't ever go to school, public school. Um, we, we sent him to by choice, both of our kids to a private Christian school. They're not obviously immune to, to this issue. Uh, for sure. One of the, so I can't speak directly to that culture. I just know that that school bus culture and the, the the boys' culture is all about, you know, see this, share this, and then there's the intimidation factor when it comes to the to the girls when they're, you know, and trying to share. How did um, at least you know as you started viewing pornography, did it? How did it affect your view of girls in general?
1: I don't know exactly. Um, I guess it. They became more not objects because I've never really seen girls as objects, and not something to conquer either. I don't know. It's just—is that good for you? Okay, I'm coaching him without trying to talk on
0: <laughs> getting himself closer to the mic.
1: Yeah. Um. It's. I don't know. I guess it made them, to me, a, l- a little hotter because I could use my imagination. The girls that were in your, more. in your everyday life
0: or, or girls in general?
1: Girls in general, I guess. Okay. So,
0: yeah, there, there's, yeah, the it feeds the imagination when you're not consuming it. One of the things I know Kirk has talked about, and obviously his story is different than mine. He's different than yours, Brandon. Uh, and that is that, you know, girls and women became something to consume rather than something to appreciate, uh, and something to share a life with.
1: Um, did that factor ever come into it at all? No, not really. Um, I mean, with the relationships I see around me, like you and mom or, um, you know, my friends, parents, I've always seen them like just care for each other. So, um, to me they were never anything to consume or anything. They girls have always been special to me, right? Not really objects or anything to conquer like I said before. So
0: okay. So how would you feel through the the years though, maybe even before we talked about it cuz if we started this in 20 Uh, 14, 14, I think 2014 it's 2018 now. So you would have been 14 years old. You were born in 2000. So that's really easy math for dad. Um, it's going to be really easy math for me when I'm old. Exactly. And so let's just say you had say three or four years where maybe I didn't talk about it with you or it was a part of your life. How did you feel when you'd consume pornography yourself and have that, that whole experience of, of doing it?
1: Um, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Was there any? Did you ever feel guilty or ashamed of yourself? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, I guess that's what you're asking. I well, felt yeah, I'm not trying. Scared to- that I'd be caught. Yep, there's that and too. I did get caught by you. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. So that that's
0: not a feeling that you want to that you want to continue to have that feeling of being scared. And I I know that feeling, believe me. Um, It's part of my my story is when I was that age, I I didn't have, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I I had a sense of morality. Um, But I also realized that there was, you know, nobody ever restricted. As long as I had access to pornography, I had it. I could hide it or whatever it might be. For me, the biggest form of it was in, you know, magazines because it was before the that internet, playboy, whatever it was. <laughs> um, but I still remember when I was, I forget the age, probably 15, 16 years old when I felt really dirty having these things and I, um, uh, threw them away. I remember walking on a bridge and throwing them over a bridge. And this is before I ever became a Christian when I knew that there was a, uh, it was clearly wrong to do. I just felt dirty about it, and I felt ashamed about it, and I wanted it out of my my life. And have you ever felt like that, where you just wanted it to be gone out of your life?
1: Uh, well, yeah. Uh, more recently, in the last uh, year or two, um, I've had my like up moments, and you know, down moments too. But in my up moments, I just like constantly want it to go away. But I'm I'm not very proactive about it. I don't know exactly what to do because I mean I always have my phone on me. It's just right there. I mean, for you, you literally had things to throw away. I can't just chuck my phone. I could, but oh, I could do it for you. Well, <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> phones are necessary in this day and age. I mean, paper magazines I'm sure weren't as necessary as your phone. So I mean. It's tougher, I think, to get rid of now than it would have been back then, you know. Oh, I agree with you. I So I'm I mean, I'm not sure exactly how. Right. To
0: Well, a part of it is growing yourself as a as a man and it's not like we don't know how in terms of uh we've gone through Kirk's class enough times to know how to do it. Do you remember the definition of freedom that we've shared with Free Indeed and what that is? No. No. Oh, no. Thanks for your honesty. The definition of freedom here in the free indeed world is not quitting. Um, it, the idea is that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to uh, fail, but you're not going to quit. And there's, there's posture of your life that you wish you could turn around. And I'm just thankful that early enough in your life, you're getting exposed to the, how bad it is and not just how bad it is. Cause we don't want to also just be about naming the problem with free indeed. We want to offer solutions. Um, what would you tell, um, somebody maybe your age or a teenager right now that wishes they could get out of the cycle of watching pornography, consuming pornography, uh, but doesn't know how, what would you tell them?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of in that cycle still, to be honest, but Do you think Um,
0: talking about it, at least with someone you trust, is important?
1: Yeah. I think um, having a connection with God can help that too. Being able to know what he wants for you or doesn't want can play a factor in that. Um, And I have some people in my life where it's like, Well, what if they find out if I was doing this? What would they think about you? And then I kind of keep myself accountable in that way. Um, It's like, I know you're not going to, you know, hate me or anything. Like, because, I mean, you know I do that. But, um, like, I think of my friends. And, like, what would they think if I uh if they knew what I was doing um so I guess keeping yourself accountable in that way has has helped me so being able to do that um because I don't ever want to like disappoint my friends and I feel like if they knew that I, I was doing that that I would be uh a disappointment to them so that's a big thing to me I don't like being a disappointment so keeping myself accountable in that way is a thing that I do. So I guess to people, I guess the the teenager that wants out, maybe you could do that. Find uh, some accountability. Yeah, accountability. Like talking to someone. But like if you're feeling tempted, either pray or um, think to yourself, what, what would this person think if they walked in right now caught me doing this exactly and then that kind of gets me out of the state of mind well or into the state of mind of well this isn't that good and out of the state of mind this is good so that's what i do
0: so would you like to share any more about how your relationship with god has helped you um overcome make better choices uh how how does how has your faith in God helped you?
1: well, I mean it's like the morality thing that you just talked about, but on like a different level it's like um, I found myself in just the last couple of days um like for my for my Bible class, we were reading Ecclesiastes and um, and that book helped me out just kind of like growing a little bit more of a connection. and just reading that. And I just, if I felt tempted in the last couple of days, I'd tell myself, all right, just make the right choice. And I'd kind of get out of that state of mind of temptation. So just being able to have kind of God talk to you through your own head, um... By saying, Yo, don't do that. Like um So you feel like God is telling you that in the moment? Or that yeah, you're hearing it? Or? I feel like I can I feel like I have a connection well enough with God that I can hear him pretty well. Um but thinking about college, I can I've been listening, at least I've been trying to. Um, and it's, I mean, it's going to be a tough decision as to where to go for me, but I think if I listen, the um, I'll make the right choice and sometimes in the car, i just be driving and I'm just like talking to myself. And then all of a sudden I just hear this thing says something else I didn't think I would say. But it's like the voice in my own head. It's not like a different voice. It's like, I don't know if anybody else does this, but I have conversations with myself, like whether I'm driving or I'm doing something. I had all
0: kinds of imaginary conversations.
1: Yeah. And I talk to myself kind of in the second person, like I talk to you, Dad. It's like, all right, you can do this, you can do that, I'm like using you instead of I and me. Um, and then I say something to myself that, I don't expect to say such and as what? like I anything related
0: to this, this journey of trying to stay free of pornography.
1: Well, sometimes it's like make the right choice. Okay. Um, like I just said, um, cause sometimes it just like pops into my head. It's like, Hey, make the right choice. And that's kind of all I need in the moment. Have um, you always had that? Not always. It's been really recently since like in the last month. That I've been hearing that specifically make the right choice um, but, but like just in the car, I'm thinking of thinking about college, and I have just heard just different conversations in my head, different things that i I don't think I would say, and I think that that's how God talks to me is through my own thoughts.
0: So you're feeling a pretty strong connection with him, especially the last few weeks Mm -hmm. that have helped you make good choices.
1: Yeah, so far. Um, I'm not so far, but I think so. Yeah. Recently, it's been like that. So our audience, you know, wants to
0: find freedom from pornography. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know, we're definitely, we're all about Christ and we're all about making him first. And he's the one that sets us free because beginning and end of my podcast has Bible verses right there. Um, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And the sun still talks. The sun still talks to us. And Brandon's discovering that. I've discovered that as well. And making the right choice in that moment becomes how you live it out day to day. And it doesn't, there's nothing too too religious about it. It's a very personal walk with God. What about the the kid who or the person who may or may not believe that God speaks like that. How how would how would you suggest somebody gets into that
1: frame of mind? Well, I was just about to say that everybody. I think everybody has. the, I think God talks to everybody differently, through like, because like you told me a couple of days ago that you actually heard another voice in your head, right? That said about Chick Fil A. It's like, no, you won't feel guilty, or yes, I'm okay with that, or whatever you told me. Um. Is that what it was? Like you actually heard a different voice? Yeah, I
0: or? I was asking God if it was okay if I went to Chick Fil A because sometimes I do that, sometimes I don't. and I, He said I heard yes, and so was that um, like a different voice or was that your own head voice? It that, was in my head, and but I'm in a frame of mind to listen to it. I yeah, I think if you're in a place where you cultivate listening to that voice, it becomes a it is truly a lifelong journey. I haven't always had that. Um, if you get it early enough in life, I mean you're. You are much better off than I ever was at that age, too, but um
1: so you I think though that you hearing I wasn't God' done with my thought though what's that? I wasn't done with my oh, thought oh go ahead, go ahead, sorry I think that everybody has a like a different way of hearing God, and you gotta find that Because, um, I mean it's similar to like everybody having a different way of learning, some people are visual, some people are audi- audio or however you say that they listen auditory they, auditory learners some people have that some people are like tactical you got to do hands-on some people are a mixture of different ones i think it's the same way same thing with god talking to you some people can just straight hear it other people go out into nature and kind of can see it through that other people have to or they don't have to but they can hear it better through other people talking like pastors or friends and then their conscience kind of helps them out with that. Um Some people can just read the Bible and interpret what God wants them to that way. Um, I think, have you heard God in some way
0: through all of those, though?
1: Yeah, but I think it's stronger for some people in different areas. Yeah. Because, I mean, I can learn things... Um through hearing. I can learn things through doing hands on. But my the best way I learn is um visually, like someone showing me what to do. And then also like tactical, like me doing it. Like my I'm not very good at learning through hearing. Um someone has to like show me how to do it and then I do it. Um
0: So you're saying that you've you've seen me Cultivate listening to God's voice, and now uh,
1: you're. I think that's it. Yeah. Part of part
0: of it is you're hearing God's voice too.
1: Yeah, because um, something. I guess this is this is kind of popped into my head. Something that my best friend Mark told me a couple of days ago was that um, he's he's figuring out uh, who who God is, and his way of doing that is that. The God that he's finding isn't... Well, it is, but he's not thinking of it like that. It's his dad's God. Like, I like thinking of it like that. Like, I'm worshiping, like, the God that you worship. Because it's hard for us to think about it. Like, this is the same God that Abraham worshipped. Though it is, because he doesn't change. It's hard to think about it like that. Because, like, that's so long ago. But, like, you're our dad's. So it's easier that way, and so I think I am learning through what you do. It's more like, in front through, of you, yeah. Well, that's the way it should be. That's yeah. definitely the way it should be. One of the one of the important things
0: that I learned as a and as an adult, I didn't get this as a kid your age, but I've learned it since. Is that learning how to be godlike, and especially being godlike in in the masculine sense, must be given to young men from another man if it's going to be done right. Women can do the best, and I'm not ever going to discount what moms do. Moms have their place in the raising of their kids, especially their sons, but they can never bestow masculinity on a boy because they're not masculine. They're feminine. And so if that's missing from a guy's life, that's that's the hole that was left in my my life. And so you're seeing, and Mark's talking about what the God that you're seeing is coming through from what we're doing. And if anything, I hope in this, huh? Exactly. Yeah. If anything, I hope that being able to talk openly about this issue of pornography, uh, it's, we're both revealing that we're not perfect and we're both revealing that, you know, I haven't done this perfectly as a dad, but you're sensing that there's something right about what I've done. Um, and I hope that there are dads listening to this who are very much willing to talk to their son as well. And so I hope this conversation has been helpful. Did you have anything else you'd like to share about I mean, how can you help the next guy out there, the next 18-year-old, 14-year-old young man who doesn't know much about
1: relationships but knows too much about the female body? Well, if if you don't have a dad, then find somebody who you trust that's older to talk to. But if you do have a dad, talk to them. Um Because, I mean, it's going to be awkward, for sure, at first. Because right now, I mean, we're just having this conversation like it's nothing. But at first, I know I felt kind of awkward. So it's going to be unnatural um, to have that conversation at at the start. But definitely approach it. And I know exactly what everybody's thinking that is listening to this. If you're like 14, 18, because I'm 18. And I know exactly what they're thinking. It's like, um, like I can't talk to them about that. No, no way.
0: There's a chance, a chance that, um, and this is part of my own journey. Was I can't talk to somebody about that? Number one, because it feels too embarrassing. Um, and number two, it's like I really, I bet my dad doesn't know what I'm know
1: what this is like. Yeah, because it's like, oh, there's that generational gap. Like, there's some is like there's you don't know what i know sort of thing exactly it's like the kid always thinks they're smarter but i mean the yeah the in the future my kids are gonna you know go through some of the same struggles that i go through now but it's gonna be different because it's you know in the future um things are gonna be changing throughout the world but it's similar I mean, you had that experience of throwing those things off the bridge. I mean, if I just threw my phone off the bridge, I can't imagine how angry mom would get. <laughs> um, well, it, the, the background of
0: that is just the idea that I, it didn't feel right. And well, in, yeah. inherently, we as um, human beings know when we're doing something wrong. Normally, it's the exception for the human being to not feel any kind of shame, regret, remorse, or whatever, or guilt over something bad happening. Um, if you're in a mindset of only consuming women then it's not going to feel like a bad thing to look at pornography was it ever helpful that was it was it a sense was there any sense of relief when i started the conversation with you and that you know we started talking to kirk together
1: um sort of i felt um kind of pressured to you know just cut it was a quick cold turkey, sort of thing. Um, Do you mean like st- start at least talking about it or stop? No, like doing. Once we started it? like the conversations, like I thought, oh, I just got to stop doing this, stop consuming. Um, and that didn't work. So it's just.
0: Um, did you ever I mean, lose a journey? Did, yeah, it's a journey. I was gonna say that's part of what Kirk and I have talked about over and over again. Is that you know you're. There's never going to be a finish line. The finish line happens when you're dead. This is always going to be a journey. And uh, I'd want to make sure that young men hear this, that there's always got to be hope and they need to be able to talk to someone. If it's your dad, that's awesome. I really hope you can talk to your dad. And dad, if you're listening, you need to talk to your son. You need to talk to your son. I can't emphasize this enough. You need to talk to your son. It's not going to be... We're not
1: going to talk to you probably. We're not going to talk to you probably. There's like, probably a good chance, but you know what? You're welcome to reach out to us. I mean, I'm I'm encouraging that the kid talks to the dad. I'm talking about us kids probably won't talk to you. Dads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's probably what's going to happen. Because like I said, find somebody that you trust if you don't have a dad or talk to your dad about this. But I know what you're thinking, no, I can't do that. I mean, that's not going to happen. Um it's like because they won't love me anymore or
0: well, that to something me is, like that. Yeah, that, that to me then became I, – I get that perspective because the fear is I won't be loved by my dad or my mom, whoever you're talking to. Hopefully it's your dad. That's the fear. And a, a dad, at least I hope a good dad, would never not love their son. There's nothing you can ever do or say that would cause me to not love you. And so – um it's hard sometimes for me to express that. Sometimes it is hard for us guys and us dads to express that. and it's it's an error if you're thinking, Dad, that well, my kids just know that I love them because I provide for them. Yeah, you provide, but they gotta hear it, especially the boys, especially your your, your boy needs to hear that they that you love them, and it's it's through action that boys are appreciated uh, or see that they're appreciated. Uh, and see that uh, their dad, you know, loves them.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> Let's try that again. Yeah. So uh, the dads that are listening just approach your son and be like, hey, we should talk about this um, because it's definitely going to help them, help the kid. Yeah.
0: That's what we want to do. That's
1: That's what we're about with this podcast is we want to help the next
0: guy. We want to help the next father and son as well. So, Hey, we're out of time for this podcast. Believe it or not, we've been doing this for half an hour. Nice. It's been gone by fast. And there's another, there's a good chance I'll have Brandon on this podcast again in the future. Maybe even friends of Brandon, if they're brave enough to come on here and do this. So, um, Hey man, I really appreciate that you came on to this podcast and shared from your heart. I know, uh, it might've been a little bit awkward, but at the same time, I knew you were comfortable with it. So anything you want to say as we finish? Um, thanks for having me. All thanks. right. Hey, I appreciate you being on here. This is a very special moment for me as, uh, as a dad as well. So with that, this is episode 20 of the free indeed podcast. You're welcome to go to free indeed 36.com to find anything else out about free indeed. My own personal coaching website is one step away, com. That's O N E coaching away.com. One step. I'm sorry. I really messed that up. One step away. Coaching.com. I got to buy the, uh, the number one. So there you go. Episode 20 of the free indeed podcast. Thanks for listening to the free indeed podcast. Visit free indeed 36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.